Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. And I am Michael. And happy Mother's Day. We record this on Sundays, as I'm sure most of you know. And uh, yeah, it's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the the moms out there, or I guess moms-to-be. And uh, hopefully you have a good day. Doing anything Doing anything for Mother's Day? Do anything for mom? Not really. I mean, I saw her last weekend, and I gave her flowers then. Yeah. Because... I don't know, like the weekends for me aren't really weekends. My weekends are kind of like on Wednesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard for me to go and visit them every single weekend because they're always so busy. But um, like I said, I was out of town last week for my nephew's birthday. So I'm mom at the same time. So I kind of, you know, killed two birds with one stone sort of. <laughs> mm, yeah. I'll call her though. She'll probably tune into uh, the live stream I'm doing later. So I'll yeah. make sure everybody wishes her a happy Mother's Day in there. Yeah, it could but, be a happy Mother's Day live stream. Yeah. Now you went to dinner with your family yesterday, right? Yeah, I was streaming. Yeah. If anybody watches our stream, you'll know that I had to end it a little early because we all got together, my brothers and mom. And, uh, we got together and went and did some Mother's Day dinner at Toro. It's a place right down the road, Mexican place. First time being, first time ever getting to go. It was very good. I liked it. Had a lot of guacamole. Had a Yum. signature margarita while I was there, an adult beverage. It was tasty. Um, so yeah, it was good all around. I shot mom the Mother's Day text today. And if it ends up being nice enough, maybe I'll take the, it'll give me an excuse to take the bike out and I'll drive over there and give her a card or something. Yeah, it's rare. Like it's actually nice out today. It's sunny. <clears throat> yeah. It's going to probably be beautiful out warm-ish. today, actually. Yeah, it's yeah, gorgeous. It's beautiful out. I, I really like days like this after I've had a chance to mow the lawn because yesterday I did all my yard work and the lawn just yeah, looks really nice. Yeah, you can actually nice enjoy it now. Yeah, it just looks real mm-hmm. clean. Everything looks good. So yeah. So again, happy Mother's Day, moms. Happy Mother's Day. All right. Now let's get into some Nintendo news. And to kick it off, we have numbers. We have some big Nintendo numbers. They released like their fiscal year review. And these numbers are staggering. Three or 30. I was going to say 300. I was going to ruin it for Nintendo, but it's (laughs) it's still an achievement. 30 million Switch consoles sold in recent fiscal year, which ended in March. That's a 37% increase over the 21 million sold the previous fiscal year. Now, obviously, a lot of this is pandemic related. That's that's what they're saying anyway, which makes total Mm -hmm. sense for what the Nintendo Switch is to have this boom during a period of time where we're locked in. Um, This be a sales forecast that was already raised twice since the beginning of 2021. So obviously, it's it's pretty crazy what they uh, were able to accomplish. From January to March, it's usually Nintendo's slowest quarter. So they weren't expecting quite as much as what they got, but it was stronger than ever selling 4.72 million switches in that time period alone compared to last year when they did 3.28 million in that time period. So they're doing fantastic, which is great for us owners because, again, Mm -hmm. we've said this in the past, you have more and more of these consoles out there. There's going to be more and more developers that want to be a part of that. So they're going to keep looking to the Switch to make games. I think it's, it's only good news. And the game sales are just as good as the console sales. It is a 37% increase in the game sales. There was 230.88 million units for the fiscal year 2021, which is crazy. Uh, And that's up from 168.72 million units from the year before. So the numbers almost doubled. That's bonkers. Almost, yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Mm -hmm. 
Obviously, Animal Crossing was a huge part of that. It did lead the sale with 20.85 million copies in the recent fiscal year. And as we said, I think last year when Mats and I were discussing Animal Crossing and how we haven't gotten any updates, uh, there's 32.63 million copies of that game out there in the world that uh, Nintendo needs to um, give us something for. Give us better updates. Yeah, for. come on. Give us <laughs> give us some more legitimate. It's, it's a different story, I understand, but it's it's still it's well, still maybe, raw. Maybe if we mention it in every single episode, there's a higher chance that they'll hear it. So really yeah, we maybe. just need to keep I mean, saying I, it. <laughs> Mach seems to think that it wasn't a big deal, but I, I keep I, I still stand by my take that you you've got a huge market base for this game. You shouldn't give just a rehash of what you did last year. We shouldn't mm-hmm. be getting more. They Nintendo made their money off this game. Seems like more is going to pocket camp than the actual game itself. <clears throat> I always I, keep seeing like little updates of things that they're adding to pocket camp, but not adding to the actual game. <laughs> well, from what I've read, I mean, there's a lot of people that are now saying, you know, in that first year, we did get updates mm-hmm. to Animal Crossing, which brought in more functionality. They brought in things, but those were all... Uh, mechanics that had already existed in other versions in of the game games. in New yeah. Leaf, Pocket Camp, they all already existed. It wasn't like we were getting new stuff for New Horizons. We were just mm-hmm. finally getting what all the other games had. And even to that point, we don't have all of what those other games have. And that's why a lot of people are like, well, where's Brewster, which was the coffee shop? And where's this? And where's that? Why don't we have this yet? That's that's mm-hmm. something I had in an old game. Why don't I have it in this new you know ultimate version of animal crossing why don't we have that so it makes sense to me it's still uh, it hits a nerve it aggravates me that we're still getting the same stuff because i went into that game not really caring at all i fell in love with the game and now i feel like it's it's almost justifying my dislike for initially you know because it's like well now there's nothing to do now i'm bored and we haven't even got those quality of life things. But if you want to hear my rant, you can go back to last week's episode. I just picture you turning on your Switch and Animal Crossing like you're like clicking through um, Isabel. Angrily. And just, and just going, bored. <laughs> Hit the button. Well, it's funny because I, I do I did jump onto it yesterday because my niece, we, we talked a lot of video game talk yesterday because she had mm-hmm. her Switch with her. And we were talking about Mario Kart. I don't know. Five. I don't know. Oh, four. that's cute. So she's real young. I don't know. I'm not yeah. good with ages. I don't remember that stuff. But she's real little. And mm-hmm. uh, we we got uh, talking about Mario Kart, and now I'm friends with her on there. Her name is Big Chicken, and um, <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but that's her her name on there. Why so not? Right. Big Big Chicken and I are buddies, and um, we're gonna play. I did tell them because she's a big fan of Minecraft now, and I and she's also a huge fan of. Uh, she, they got the Mario Minecraft and her, my brother and her have been playing that and she's loving it and um well she's also a very huge fan of nightmare before christmas so i told her well there is a nightmare before christmas minecraft realm and i showed that to her and uh i think they went right home and and bought it um she's like (laughs) can you buy that for me i said well no but you can ask your dad about that and uh so yeah (laughs) So she's a big fan of video games, which I think is... And your brother's is, like, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that's cool. I haven't reached out to him yet to to ask about it. But um, yeah, Big Chicken and I were talking to Animal Crossing. So I did. I jumped on there. And it, again, mm-hmm. it was like, you know, I was expecting some Mother's Day stuff. Or I did buy yeah. the Mother's Day mug. And there's, a, there's some flowers that you can get for Mother's Day. Um, stuff like that. But I, I'm ready for more, you know? 
That yeah. we went on a long tangent, but ultimately I'm I'm ready for more. But back to the Nintendo numbers. The actual um, story. <laughs> so anyway, despite that, Animal Crossing obviously was doing great. That's kind of leading the charge in those game sales. And maybe to no surprise, it's still it's kind of a surprise to me, but Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is number two. That's still leading the charge in sales. I don't yeah. understand how that's doing so, so well still. Like at this point, I feel like everybody has that game. I feel like um, it's it's like a main Nintendo title. So of course it's gonna do super well, right? Yeah, but at one yeah. at what point, because I mean second, at what point it's gotta be just people that bought the system are buying that game. It just goes hand in hand at this exactly. point. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. You know, we see we see those those numbers that we get to at the end of the episode or at the end of the news where we talk about the best sellers, and it's always in always the top those. ten. Always mm-hmm. Minecraft, all these games that you would think in time somebody's they've got to everybody's got to have it already yeah (laughs) and and it just keeps staying up there it's amazing um so these great numbers are 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 obviously going to be hard to beat for the following year and nintendo's already cautioning investors saying nine percent they're they're anticipating a nine percent drop in revenue so we'll see you know that it, it could very much well happen it probably will because i do think during the pandemic animal crossing things like that a lot of stars aligned for nintendo to have such a successful year mm-hmm. and i i don't think they're gonna especially if you know the, the pandemic, maybe we get out of it a little bit and people can start doing stuff. I think people are going to want to unplug and go out because we just haven't been able to do that. Mm-hmm. It's not proving that's the case yet. But if that does happen, I do see these numbers dropping for the following year. So we'll see. Well, who knows? I mean, in some places, this pandemic hasn't let up at all. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But I like how Nintendo, like you just know their investors are like, oh, we're doing so good. This is great. This is exciting. And Nintendo's like, no, like, hold on, you know. Well, yeah, they got they're, they yeah. gotta they gotta <laughs> make sure they're controlling expectations, which exactly makes sense, they've but. got to control expectations because you know you had an amazing amazing year. Don't use that as your bar. That can't be yeah the yeah. new metric. You can't say oh this is going to happen every single year because it's just not. It's just not possible. I just like to picture the people at Nintendo like smiling with clenched teeth, being like, "Don't get too excited, like, yeah. chill out." Well, it depends. <laughs> Maybe we'll get some amazing, uh, you know, amazing games that have been alluded to for the past like four years that will finally come out. And if they did, that could also drive sales again. So it's it's really on Nintendo. Do you want to put out some more games? Right. I mean, we we need first party games. Actually, so we do have a couple other interesting um, little bits of information from their fiscal results. So they Mm -hmm. did spend a record amount this past fiscal year on research and development. So over the course of the past financial year, Nintendo led a 93.2 billion yen on research and development expenses, which is worth about $850 million. Wow. So I was like, well, what are you guys doing over there? Mm. So they're secretly funding Batman is basically is, is probably what it actually is. But um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just watched the Dark Knight series over the last couple of days. It's so good. But um, it's so funny because then I saw the story and they were talking about research and development. I was like, that's what Fox was doing. Yeah, R&D. <laughs> um, yeah, but this was a 10.8% increase over the previous year of expenses. So I'm, I'm just this is very exciting. It, it leaves me feeling very optimistic as to what they're going to be bringing to the table. Um, And then in other really interesting news, um, Nintendo seems to be really pushing and looking into more animation projects. So if all goes to plan next year, we'll actually have a fully fledged Mario movie. And Nintendo's 
released pretty great promotional animations over the past decade. The one that first comes to mind is the most recent Pikmin uh, promotional video they did. No, it was very cute. Just the little Pikmin running around. And it was like kind of, I don't know, reminded me of like little cartoons that I would watch when I was younger on Sunday mornings. Just nice. And it's cute, a, yeah. it's actually animated or yeah. is it like C, you know, CG? Uh, no, it seems like it's an actual animation. Like I nice. could see them doing a series. Yeah, it was really cute. Um, so it does seem likely that Nintendo is going to aim to make a greater impact in the movie and maybe TV space. Um, and this is all because it seems that Nintendo is going to be nominating Chris Melodandri, Mel, wow, Melodandri, <laughs> um, who is the founder of Illumination Entertainment, responsible for, you know, small movies that people might know, such as Despicable Me. Which um, I loved. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, so they're nominating him as this thing called an outside director to join the board and, uh, the board and advice to help guide on certain key topics. Hmm. Um, So this is an actual quote from Nintendo specifically addressing it. They say, Mr. Melandry, the founder of Illumination Entertainment, has extensive experience as a film producer. We would like to nominate him as an outside director with the expectation that he'll appropriately supervise our company's management from an objective perspective while providing valuable advice to our organization based on his broad experience and insight gained as a leader in the field of entertainment. Um, So that's pretty cool. And what I find really interesting is Illumination Entertainment is actually the company producing the Mario movie. So they must have been working with him and just realized that they had a lot, like they worked really well together and were like, hey, you know what? We like you. We like what you're doing. Why don't you join our board and advise us as we move forward in this this field? I think that's so, great. Yeah. That's great. I mean, yeah. they, it seems like they got a per, you know the perfect person for the team. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's exciting. I agree. And I think that will you know that's speaking of investors. I mean, something like that is going to bring in quite a bit, and that's going to keep them, I'm sure, very happy. It won't just be the focus on video games. Yeah, like, I just between hope the it park and this and video games now. Yeah, they're kind of just turning into an entertainment company, Nintendo, the entertainment company. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I just hope it doesn't pull focus away from the games. I mean, it's such a big company that I doubt it will happen. But I mean, there's still like that little piece in the back of my mind where it's like, okay, it's great that they're exploring these other areas, but, you know, we like the games you put out too. So just, you know, make sure those are good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah. I would assume it's all different teams. And because right. of that, you're also, you've got one hand kind of helping the other hand where it's like the theme park, somebody may go and say, wow, this is a really cool theme park. I should check into Nintendo, right? Mm-hmm. Because maybe maybe they're going to the theme park, they're going to Universal. They're not a Nintendo fan specifically, but they're going to Universal. They go into Nintendo and they really love that experience. That makes them look into the video games or maybe mm-hmm. the movie. It, it's a different way for people to get into the brand so i think that's probably what they're doing it's ways to diversify their brand and have people kind of point of entry from different angles so in the long run i i would imagine as long as they do it well as long as the park is handled well as long as the games are still handled well and the movies are still handled well i think people will be interested there was you know a mario movie years and years ago that was terrible everybody pretty much universally says is terrible which is funny because i still look back onto it like fondly, but it's yeah. not a good movie. It's a terrible <laughs> Super Mario Brothers movie. But um, it's one of those things where if you have a bad thing, a bad movie, a bad experience, it could impact their brand in a negative yeah. way. So I think yeah. in the long run, this is going to be a good thing for them. But I guess like many of these things, time will tell. Mm-hmm. 
Now, we all know about the Epic versus Apple war that's been ongoing through the courts lately. You know, Fortnite on Apple and Apple took it down because Epic wanted to put a um, basically a store in there. And Apple said that's against our contracts and blah, 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 blah. Well, <laughs> because of this court um, case, we've been getting a lot of little interesting tidbits of news here and there. But for us, for Nintendo, I think one of the most interesting things is this email that kind of came out, which we've had a lot of rumors lately about whether or not, you know, Phil Spencer has been kind of hinting at some sort of Nintendo collaboration because it's been the switch was sitting behind him on a, on a, on a shelf. And everybody said, what does that mean? Is that a, is that a, is that a sign of something to come? Well, this Mm. email came out between Phil Spencer who, like I said, is Xbox, and Tim Sweeney, who's at Epic, and they were discussing xCloud. Um, The line that specifically drew attention was, but I did quote, this is Phil Spencer to Tim, but I did want to just let you know that I have your point on xCloud on other consoles, parentheses, haven't given up, which I'm assuming is have your point, maybe have your back or whatever, I support you on xCloud being on other consoles. Mm -hmm. That's my guess. Um, That's how I read it too. Yeah. So it seems like that collaboration is that, you know, Phil Spencer has been reaching out to other consoles, which would have to be Sony and Nintendo, to get xCloud on their consoles since as far back as August 2020. Um, I I don't know if this is ever going to happen. It does seem like something Nintendo would not want in my opinion, I don't think they this would ever happen with Nintendo, but you never know. And it does seem like this, at least, you know, in some way, this one line does allude to the fact that Phil Spencer has interest in getting it on other consoles. So mm. that could be maybe I don't know. It seems weird. He would have a switch when he knows people analyze every single thing on his shelf. Um to have it so prominently sitting yeah. there, unless it's just a you know just to mess with people, that's very possible too. When you know everybody's <laughs> looking at your shelf, why not put something that's going to mess with people? Yeah, but I don't know. interesting. I, I mean, they for the the switch, they did experiment with cloud streaming already with Control and with Hitman, and mm-hmm. they seem to be pretty successful. It's just the only thing that's holding people back from it is if they don't have internet connection, that would suck, and they don't have the physical version, which. I, or you get what I mean, like the the actual game itself. Yeah. But if people, you know, people are still buying it, and people are still playing it, and I think those two games on the Switch, you know, they did okay. So I think the demand for XCloud on Switch is obviously there. People would want yeah, that. Yeah. I just I don't know what the benefit for Nintendo to do that would be. Um, I don't know besides if besides selling more Switches. I mean, maybe, but you could just buy an Xbox. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like, you can't you can't travel with an Xbox. Yeah, that's I would I say mean. Nintendo would, if for it to be successful or be a benefit to Nintendo, it would have to be behind some sort of paywall, like their online service. Yeah. It's got to be where you have to pay Nintendo to get your online service to have access access to X Cloud. Otherwise, there's really no selling point. I mean, Nintendo's not hurting; they don't need X Cloud to be a success. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be some benefit for them and i'm not entirely sure what that benefit is other than just you know fans of nintendo saying yeah i would like to be able to play xbox games on my switch i mean who wouldn't i'd like to play all my games on the switch like if you could just get everything on one device 
Why I don't not? care. <laughs> I don't care who makes it. I'm not yeah. loyal to one, you know, company. I just want to play games in the most convenient way possible. So yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I would love it. I'm not as a, as a fan, I would love it, but I don't, I don't see it happening. I don't know. I think, I don't I, I feel like we might get surprised and they'll probably announce something at E3. I hope and so. I hope they do. I mean, yeah. that would be an, it would be an amazing be cool. surprise. Yeah. It would be a huge surprise. But again, um, nobody's holding their breath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now, Nintendo did announce a pretty interesting game this last week, mm-hmm. uh, Game Builder Garage. Um, so I'm going to kind of just explain what the game has, and I know that both me and you have some comments about it. Um, so Game Builder Garage offers a set of tools that basically allows anybody to learn how to make games. It expands on the Lava series' garage functionality. I personally never played with that. I don't know if you did, Michael, um, so I'm unfamiliar with it. But it seems like you don't need to have to have played that to play Game Builder Garage. It seems like it, it's still its own separate thing. Um, it will have guided lessons to make specific games and a free programming mode that will basically let you take whatever you learned and go crazy and build amazing games. Um, the game's website also says you'll be able to exchange codes to download games created by others. You'll have the option to look at the programming behind those downloaded games too, if the programmer actually enables it. And in some small print, it actually says that you can use a compatible USB mouse with the software, which would be really handy if you like to play docked. This game is coming on June 11th for $29.99, so about $30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I think I think it's really cool. The video, the promotional video they made for it, though, makes it seem like it's definitely geared for a younger audience. Well, yeah, of course. But but that being said, I still feel like adults like I, I feel like if I went in there, I could still have fun for a little while, like poking around and playing with stuff. And it kind of reminds me of like the redstone stuff from Minecraft. Yeah, Like just I figuring mean- it out and then seeing what you can do with it. Think that's that's exactly how I look at it. If yeah. they with one, if this was sort of the video game version of Minecraft, that's kind of how I'm looking yeah. at it. You can have something that's so basic as Redstone, and the things you can do if you spend enough time and put enough effort into it can be amazing. So yeah. I think that this is, if not when it launches, is the start of a really powerful. Um, a really powerful, I don't even know if I want to call it a game, a really powerful it's like a tool like tool for yeah. people to create games that they can then, it's it's essentially taking Mario Maker and expanding on the idea mm-hmm. and saying, okay, we're going to give you Mario Maker, but no longer needs to be Mario related. It's anything you want. It's now. what you want it to be. Yeah. And so I, I, my, my guess for this, when I saw the trailer, it is geared towards younger audience, which I think makes a lot of sense. You're mm-hmm. trying to get, you know, it's with STEM and all of that, that we hear about about all the time. This is sort of a great introduction for that. Plus, I could see this being brought into schools if it's was, very successful. That's what I was going to say too. <laughs> you know, you had you had yeah. uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego years and years ago, and I could see this being something similar. Where now it's a way of introducing and and as a stepping stone for programming as opposed mm-hmm. to geography. Um, so I think something like this could do really, really well. I think it's a really exciting. This excites me way more than Labo did um, yeah. because I feel like this. There's so much potential here. The game could come out, and you could say, "Okay, well, it's it's there's there's basic. It's too basic for me." Then you could also introduce with DLC or some sort of expansions that 
could blow this up and make it so much more than what it is at launch, assuming that it's going to be so simple at launch. It could be amazing right from the get-go. But I think that this is really, really interesting. I'm, I'm super excited to see what this is. Um, I think it's cool that they have the USB. I have used my... Uh, my USB port for my keyboard docked. So I have mm-hmm. used that before when I was playing. Uh, I can't think of what game I was playing that I used the USB for, but it made it real easy because I was having, maybe it was uh, Animal Crossing and I was having chats with people. I yeah, can't remember. Yeah, when you're typing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I remember. So I, I had that docked and it sits right at my desk so I can plug it in. So I think having a USB would be handy. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear more about this or see, maybe we'll get a demo. I think this would be a good, good one for a demo because then you can get a little hands-on. You can really figure out if this is where it needs to be for me to pay $30. That's, you know, it's not, not super expensive, but I would say it's about right. I think it's it's, about right. But for $30, I want to make sure there's, there's something there, you know, Mm -hmm. Labo to me was expensive. And, and once you got past the building, it was like, well. Now what do I do? You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to buy a thirty dollar thing and and tinker with it for an hour and say, okay, now what do I do on board? Yeah, and I think also too, this solves the problem of just having stuff. Yeah, like, both no, that's, you and that's me are against too. just having stuff laying around and not yeah. need all these cardboard things sitting around. So yeah, I don't want yeah. a bunch of junk. Yeah, no, for, I like for the this. minimalist gamers out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for this. This is going to be very yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, now, something that's not cool that is very upsetting to me, at least, we've been talking rumors about a Metroid Prime trilogy for quite a while, probably since, uh, I don't know, 2018, I think, is the last time people really first started theorizing that we were going to get this trilogy on on the Switch. And some news has come out from Michael Wicken, who is a former lead designer on all three of the Metroid Prime games, so he does have some knowledge of this uh he he discussed on facebook that he does not think a switchboard for the metroid prime trilogy will be happening um which is super super unfortunate he's quoted Mm -hmm. as saying the biggest issue is uh retro studios no longer has functional editor tools to work with the prime code base so everything has to be brute force hard coded rebuilding the hundreds of interaction sets in metroid prime 3 alone not to mention retuning the gameplay to take in the slower engagement pacing of conventional controls would probably take a year with four to five person team full-time all by itself uh he's pretty skeptical it would happen it was straightforward to update metro prime 1 and metro prime 2 to motion controls but converting 3 to normal controls would be a herculean effort as it is scripted very specifically using volumetric triggers to detect the motion in precise manners to do specific switches and the bosses are tuned to take into account the ease of gestural aiming so he's does not seem to think this is going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, that's not very optimistic. <laughs> not very optimistic, <laughs> no. which is a huge bummer. Now, one thing I will say, one the one shining light in this, he does say that you know one and two is doable. He says three would be that Herculean task, but Skyward Sword is re-releasing on the Switch, and it essentially is exactly the same problem that Metroid Prime 3 has, where you have mm-hmm. motion controls and all of this stuff, and that is coming to Switch. So potentially, and I'm just trying to find a you know a silver lining here, that if they were able to do it with Skyward Sword, 
in theory, they could do it with Metroid Prime 3. So while, yeah. yes, he is an insider, he also is no longer on the team. And he I don't think he's been yeah, on he the team for quite a while. He might not actually know what's going on behind the scenes, too. <clears throat> yeah. Like maybe these things are already in motion and maybe they have a 10 person doing it full time. So like we don't know. But yeah, I mean, like I said, if we've talked about this for five years, mm-hmm. you know, give or take, um, then that's a lot of, you know, you're saying Metro Prime 3 would have taken a year with a four to five person team. I mean, this could have been remade three times over by now, four times yeah. over by now. Yeah. So it's not it's not impossible, but this, according to Michael, it is uh, unlikely. So let's hope he's wrong. because It's not I, impossible, though. It's not That's impossible. That's silver lining. It's not yeah. impossible, but they just have to decide to devote the resources to do it. Yeah, they just need like to task. make this happen so that that people can buy the things they want to buy. Because I think that's also a comment on, you know, Metroid Prime 3. Okay, so essentially Retro, who who made it, no longer has the tools to, to, to work on it. You know, it's an issue with sort of holding on to this stuff. It's an issue. It's an issue with, um, preserving. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) It's an issue with like preservation, right? Because, you know, you're saying that you can't, so what Metroid prime three is just lost for the ages. Like you, you have to have an older console now to be able to play this. There's no way of ever getting this on switch or doing this anywhere else. So I think it's a preservation issue where, Put the effort in. I mean, it's an ama- these are amazing games. They should be able to withstand time and be able to p- be played. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I hope I'm hoping still that we'll see this, but it's it doesn't seem great. No. no, and I just I just feel bad for you. You always have to do these Metroid stories, and they're just mm. never good news. <laughs> I know. Someday we're gonna get good news. And it's gonna all pay off <laughs> yeah. when it's Metroid related. Well, with uh, that disappointing story yeah. at the end, that's it for the news this week. Um, <laughs> that brings us to the top 10 bestsellers. In first place, we got Pokemon Snap. Second, Among Us. Third, Minecraft. Fourth, Super Mario 3D World. Fifth, Monster Hunter Rise. Sixth, Super Mario Party. Uh, seventh is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Eighth, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, <laughs> which is funny because it was basically that pattern that we were just talking yeah. about. Animal Crossing Still, first, Mario Kart there. after. Um, and then ninth, we have Stardew Valley, which also seems to just hang out on the top 10 forever. And then 10 is Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion, which I think was in the top 30 last week. So it's nice yeah, to kind it's of up. see a new-ish game popping up in that top 10. Yeah, very, but very cool. That's it. No, nothing new made it into the top 30 this week. So, oh. but Well, I think that's about to ch- change for this week because we I have agree. new releases we are into and while the 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 options were kind of slim we did have a few and uh christina has the very first one yeah i i'm on the fence about this one it looks like it could be good i'll explain why um it's called retro machina it's for twenty dollars coming out on the 12th this is kind of a puzzle platformer adventure game um you're basically this these ruins the only thing that's left behind is these robots so you have to play as this robot the only thing that um i don't like is it seems like they put a big stress on efficiency which makes sense like obviously you want robots to work very efficient but i don't necessarily like games that are like that i mean i guess automachef was kind of like that but they had like a leeway like you don't have to be super efficient to be each level but you have to be somewhat efficient Mm -hmm. and so that's my only thing is i feel like they're going to stress efficiency and i'm not into that so 
for twenty dollars, I ch- put one check on it, but I'm on the fence. But it looks interesting. The art style looks really nice. Um, but yeah, that's so that was my first check. But the next, the next two games, we both have checked. You have two checks. I have one check, and I'll let you talk about them because I know you're really excited. Yeah, these I do think we will be seeing up in the at least the top thirty, if not the top ten. Top ten. I think it will be in top ten for sure. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. But May yeah. 14th, we have Subnautica and Subnautica Below Zero coming out. I am extremely, extremely excited in these games. If you're not familiar with Subnautica, uh, essentially you crash on this ocean planet and it's a survival game. If anybody's watched our streams, you know that I like survival games. I've been playing The Long Dark, which is a survival type game. So I'm going to go from a snowy mountain to a beautiful tropical-ish uh ocean and there's all kinds of well uh, you end up back in in a snowy mountain area in the second game though so you're just never gonna leave snow (laughs) yeah but the but uh, but as far as subnautica goes you you go into this this planet and you are now completely you have to you have to survive in this ocean environment you're going to craft things you're going to be able to build bases you're going to be able to do all this kind of stuff while also trying to figure out why exactly you crashed there so there's a bit of mystery it's a very good story i've played i would say maybe half ish of this game on my computer so i'm i'm so excited to start over knowing what i know about what i've played so far and jumping back into this i'm excited to get my base built you build you get blueprints and you're able to build um submarines you it is a fantastic fantastic game the mystery of it the story of it is also extremely engaging and exciting the atmosphere that, is so cool too yeah so, so good this story takes its place right i don't know i can't i can't speak for how the whole story goes and i don't even want to know because i'm going to find out when i play it but let's say <laughs> the story takes place the end credits roll then they came out with subnautica below zero which I still think should have been called Sub-Zero, but anyway, Subnautica <laughs> Below Zero, you go back to that planet, you return to the planet, and now you're in a different biome of the planet, and it's a whole different experience. More I believe you're creatures. a different character as well. You are a different cr- character yeah. who's who's looking for their sister, I believe is the basis mm-hmm. for this, and you're trying to figure out that mystery of what's going on there. I can't wait. I'm super excited. I did watch the trailer for Subnautica Below Zero. It's funny. It's a very entertaining mm-hmm. trailer. Um, but the biomes look amazing. The game looks so fantastic. I hope it plays extremely well. I'm going to be doing the digital um, code or the digital downloads. I I I hope it plays well. I, I think I'm just going to buy it, at least Subnautica, just buy it on Switch and without reviews, without anything, and just hope for the best. Because mm-hmm. I, I just have a good feeling it's going to play really well. It's going to be optimized for the Switch. I remember when I played on my computer, it was it was tricky. You had to Demanding. play with the settings quite a bit to get it to be really yeah. – and I would stream it. So there was times when it just was like falling apart because the, the game was asking so much of my computer. But I, yeah. I would imagine they fixed all that and, and tinkered with it and optimized it for the Switch. And I think having this game on the go – uh, this potentially could be one of the most beautiful games on Switch. Yeah, and I feel like, I mean, like almost all games that come out, there is like a few days where it's more so people playing and finding the issues. And I'm sure there's going to be frame rate issues that will have articles that will just complain about it. 
for at least the first week or two that it's out, but they always iron out those details. So yeah, we'll I'm see. sure it's we'll going to be fantastic. I, I think it's going to be fantastic too. I'm so, yeah. so excited. Um, yeah, really, really can't wait for this. But those are my yeah. two double checks. I haven't had a lot of double checks in the past couple of weeks, but those are my two double checks. I am 100% buying them. I actually may uh, pre-purchase Subnautica now. Maybe I pre-purchase both because right Just now there is a both. They're on sale. sale. Yeah. yeah, it's not a huge sale. It's normally going to be $30. It's on sale right now for like $27. So it's not like... Well, my reason $6. for <laughs> my reason for not getting Subnautica below zero right now is because potentially by the time I am around to that game, it may have gone on a better sale. That's the only reason I'm thinking like maybe I'll maybe. wait because yeah. if I save three dollars, is potentially I could save more, right? I, who knows? Because it's going to take me a while to beat Subnautica. So either way, I'm going to have it ready and raring to go, and uh, you can bet that I will be streaming that. Hmm. I only put one checks on them because I've watched. I, I've watched the regular Subnautica playthrough probably five times by five different people. So I'm pretty and you're probably going to watch so. me play. Oh yeah, definitely. And, yeah. Of course. So, um, so you might not need to. And then the below zero. A- yeah. The below zero. I've been kind of watching bits and pieces. Cause it's not like I, I don't, I never plan on playing the game just cause I really enjoy watching people play this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like if it were me, I would be so stressed out. I just wouldn't actually be able to play. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I've been watching people play like little bits and pieces of that ever since it was an alpha and, oh, I'm so excited to finally see it done because I didn't, well, I only watched an alpha, not in beta. So I'm excited to see it all like figured out and put together and yeah. Well, that's the, that's the funny thing too about, that's the funny thing about these games like Subnautica. It, it just, it, it's not a, it's not a horror game, but it's got some very scary moments. It it builds this it's tension. It's deeply immersive. I'll yeah, it builds a, it builds a lot of tension. It's super. It's something else. Yeah. Yeah, it's a suspenseful game, yeah. not horror. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin anything for anybody. If you if you have not played it or don't know a lot about it, um, just just look at look for it. I and, will say and consider getting it. I will say there are some weird, creepy, crawly things in the ocean. And they may even be in our ocean. We don't know. There's <laughs> yeah, places they, we haven't been. Yeah. So it's, that's it's what freaks cool. me out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you don't like the ocean as it is, you would probably have a tough time playing Subnautica. There's also, I, I'm really interested to see you play because you have that thing where it's like you don't like stuff that has a lot of holes in it. Mm-hmm. What is it called? I forgot what it's called. But there's like this coral reef and like these creatures that have that. <laughs> yeah. It's gross. <laughs> it's nasty. <laughs> well, with that, it gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show. What you playing? And uh, what have you been playing? Um, I've been, uh, I played, finished playing the first Bioshock game. Um, and that was pretty good. I enjoyed it just as much as the first time I played it. I think I got actually more stressed this time because I was live streaming it and got really frustrated because the reloading time takes forever for some of those guns. <laughs> hmm. um, but that's, that's the only thing that bothered me. Um, it was so fun, though. And I'm going to be starting the second game later today and streaming that. So uh, I'm excited this, to see the beginning of that. Yeah. So I I think I looked into it, and it takes place in the f- like a few years after the first that's game. That's what I thought. But, yeah, that's what I but, thought. But it's in an if if, if it's if the first game had an alter like a different ending. So it's like an Do, alternate reality. In does it explain in the beginning what ending? Like, no. how, how does that work? Like, what do you mean an no, alternate ending? Like, alternate ending, like, if things went really bad. Like, you'll see oh, when okay. I play. But I th- I don't think it has to do with the fact that there's two different endings you can get in the first game. Because no matter what, like, spoiler alert, 
maybe skip 30 seconds ahead. No matter what, Rapture is terrible (laughs) at the end of the first game. So it's kind of like, um, you know, maybe you don't kill Andrew Ryan or whatever and so on. Um, But you'll you'll see. Um, I don't think it'll really spoil the first game playthrough for you. I don't think. The nice nice thing. So the nice thing about the second game is you get to play as a big daddy for the majority of the game which that is the fun part that's the fun exciting part and you have to like take down these waves of enemies and um there's this new kind of character which she's just amazing and um even i think just watching somebody play that you would want to play it yourself because it's just such a fun experience so i don't think it'll ruin it for you but nice other than that i played some wingspan and i played it live in a game against you yeah and i beat you I and it was win. fun. No. I, I <laughs> let not. you win for the stream, so you look good. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got, I mean, it, it's funny because we were playing and there's like this one card that I was just waiting to get because I was like, oh, if I got this card, it would be perfect. And um, I could like really rack up the points every round. And literally the next turn, I got that card. And I remember E. Diggy was in the stream. He was like, you literally just said you wanted that card. I was like, I know. Isn't this great? <laughs> so if, it, if you haven't played Wingspan, you should definitely look into Wingspan. It's a fantastic game. Um, People who don't play the game are probably like, what are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. It's a complex game. I will say that, especially if you're just trying to learn it. There's a lot of different wind cases. Essentially, you're doing a bird habitat. So you have different biomes for your birds, like wetlands or grasslands and things like that, wooded areas. And mm-hmm. certain birds can sit in certain habitats. So then you get, you know, there's there's different rounds and you can add, you can stack your eggs on the birds. And it's there's a lot of different moving parts. <laughs> And it is extremely complicated sounding until you play it a few times. And then you're like, okay, I'm yeah, there's like not, a light bulb moment. You're like, yeah, oh, there, there's I get a it moment now. when it'll spark and it'll, yeah. it'll all become clear. They do have a, a fairly in depth tutorial, which I found to be a little bit too complicated because they, they go through so much that I just Very tuned micro. out. Like yeah. for me, I just kind of, I, I, I don't have a high attention span when it comes to that stuff. So I just lost patience and kind of zoned out of it. And then once I jumped in and started playing, that's when I can tinker with it and learn how to play the game. Um, so yeah, it's very interesting. A lot of strategy, a lot of luck, and it's it's fantastic. And it's relaxing. As, as complicated yeah. and strategic as the game is, it's beautiful. You will actually learn what birds sound like. They do give you like little... I was outside the other day and I think I heard a woodpecker and I was like, oh, that sounds just like the card. Yeah, exactly. So you'll actually learn what actual real birds sound like and yeah. you'll have, you know, these little uh, info tips that come up when a certain card, if it's the card you got for the very first time, the little narrator says, this is a, you know, wobbler doobie and tells you what it's all about and um it's pretty cool it's really really fun a game really, doobadoo not yeah, familiar with that card yet it's very rare it's a tropical mm, bird yeah you, you wouldn't know about it it's, it, it's advanced a wobbler doobadoo is an advanced bird you probably haven't okay. seen the card yet mm. um and then as far as me i have like like christina said i played wingspan where i let her win and i also Liar. have been playing the long dark um which I streamed a little bit on our stream. And then I also did a dispatch after dark where I played some more, made some good progress, I think. Um, and then off stream, I, there's a few um, like side quests that I'm working on, but I'm at the point where I can go to what I believe is the final uh, mainline quest in the final Finally. episode that's out right now. This, Finally. this episode, I do like this game and I, and I, in the stream and on the podcast, it's probably gets, 
uh, taken that I don't like it. I do like the game. I just feel that the pacing could be a little bit faster. There's a lot, especially in this this episode three. It's it's an episodic game, so there's five episodes total. Three of them are currently out. Number four is I don't know, at some in point. Development. Yeah, it's in development. <laughs> yeah. At some point, that'll be released. But I think when you play them back to back, like I did. Um, it, it seems like maybe it gets drawn out. Now, if I had played them, played the first one, and then waited for the second to when it was released, played the second, waited, maybe I would have been hungrier to keep playing. But now that I'm almost done with episode three, I'm excited to not play it again. Only because <laughs> I found like the pacing is really drawn out. There's a lot of missions in this final episode that are you you're essentially looking for uh, survivors of a plane crash that you have to carry back to a community center and the it's pace at which you carry it's a, it's a long walk but the pace at which you carry them is painfully slow and so you're just sort of trudging along with really nothing to do you just you could essentially just tape your thumbstick down and kind of walk away and you wouldn't unless you got attacked by wolves that's the only thing you can really do so i think those things hurt the game but it's beautiful it's interesting i like i like so many things about it i i do like the story when they finally get to the story but i just don't think there's enough story in between the longer quiet moments but overall i will say it's it's so far i would give it maybe a if we're on a, if we're on a scale of one to five i would say i'm at a three and a half for this game just because the pacing hurts it so much but i do mm. like it and i do think it, it performs well episode three has a lot of weird loads but overall it does it yeah. is a wonderful game that people should check out um but just be mindful that the the story mode is a little bit slow but other than that that's all i've been playing i haven't had a ton of time on my switch this week so i think uh, i will be playing some more of that and like i said next week i'll have subnautica to start yeah, so same, same with me. I haven't had much free time with all the grading I'm trying to get done, but school ends this week. I might That's actually exciting. have some free time again yeah. for a little bit. <laughs> Looking but forward it, to some it. of it might be wow time. But, so yeah, I have a lot of catching up to do in wow. Yeah, so true. But uh, yeah, that that's it. That's it for the episode this week. If you would like to write us, please feel free. We always love hearing from any of our listeners. You can go over to NintendoDispatch.com. We have a contact page. You can write us right there. You can go to our Twitch stream. We're at twitch.tv forward slash Nintendo Dispatch. We've Come been hang streaming. out with us. Yeah, hang out with us. That I think is where we probably like to talk to people the most. Yeah. Um, just because it's convenient. We can have chats while we're playing. While I'm walking in the snow for hours on end, you can come and hang out with me. Um, and we have been pretty consistent where we're streaming Saturdays and Sundays now. That's sort of locked in. Mm -hmm. We may switch it as we get into the warmer weather where we stream evenings as opposed to during the day. But we'll we'll make sure we keep everybody posted on that. And you can always go over to Twitter at Dispatch Podcast or we have a Discord where you can find the link to that on our website. Um, and you can feel free to drop us a line, chat with us, ask us questions, anything you like. If you want to shoot us a message and it's maybe an interesting question or something, we will put it in the podcast. So we can uh, get some dialogue going with everybody. Let's chat. Yeah, yeah let's chat. But uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We hope you have a wonderful week. And this has been your Nintendo Discord.